Hi, welcome to Igniting Ecstasy in Business. I'm your host and master coach, Alex Persclub, and I'm going to be diving into what it takes to create more success and abundance in your business while living with more joy, excitement, and passion on the journey. This is not your typical business podcast. This is a judgment-free space where we're willing to put all the growth topics on the table, and we're not afraid to address the uncomfortable or to share raw behind-the-scenes stories to support your expansion. So tune in for inspiration, strategies, reflection questions, and interviews with world-class guests to help you elevate your business, unleash the power of your full expression, and to infuse more ecstasy into your day-to-day life. Because you deserve to live a life that lights you up inside. And there's no better time to start than right now. Hello, everybody. In this very special episode of Igniting Ecstasy in Business, I am welcoming a dear friend of mine and an amazing, amazing woman business owner, Hannah Chapman. Hannah, I am so glad to have you here today. And we are really excited to dive into talking about money mindset and the role of money in growing your business, creating more abundance while also experiencing more ecstasy in your life. So I am so excited to dive into that with you. And then we can also talk about owning your value and the power of investing in yourself and making wise investments and choosing where you're spending your time and your focus and your money. And so we'll get into all of those good things here today. But before we do, why don't you take a moment, Hannah, and introduce yourself to the community? Thank you so much for having me on your podcast, Alex. You've been on the Expansive CEO podcast a few times, and it's just been so phenomenal. I I truly want to say that right now, um, getting to know you over the last year and, um, getting to know your heart and I, it, we just, it feels like we were always meant to know each other. Oh, Hannah, that was so nourishing to receive. Thank you for sharing that. And I feel the same way. It's been so fun to have this deep resonance with you as we've gotten to know each other. And so I'm thrilled that we get to now have this conversation on my podcast because I've absolutely loved our conversations on yours. Yeah. And so to go into the actual like, okay, who am I? Why are we talking about money um, (laughs) today, right? I am a financial advisor. I'm the owner of X Squared Wealth Planning and um, Expansive CEO, two separate businesses that both focus on money and how we how we experience it in the world and in our lives. Um, in X squared wealth planning, I'm a certified financial planner, an accredited portfolio management advisor, and a chartered retirement planning counselor. So that's all of the alphabet soup that goes behind my name. Um, and I've been in the financial industry since 2006. So this has been you know my my entire career um, after college, and I've gone through a lot of cycles with people holding their hands, holding, holding their hearts through tough financial times, um, whether it's through the stock market or, you know, business owners, um, you know, going through the business cycle and dealing with recessions and, you know, who knows. Um, but what I have really, really found over all this time and in working with so many different clients and different types of clients is that it always comes back to how, you, how you are feeling about your money, how you are feeling about what you're experiencing and how you're feeling about your ability to overcome what's happening. And so when I, when I went out on my own, I worked for a larger firm for almost 14 years 
And when I went out on my own in January of 2021, I knew that there was more to financial planning than just, you know, here's, here's the data, here are the numbers, and here's the checklist, right. To get, get to your financial goals, right. That's, that's the way I was taught to do this work. Um, and it's very important. So I won't discount the importance of having good data, having good um, calculations, you know, all of that matters. But at the end of the day, it's not what the charts and graphs look like. Like, okay, it looks like you're going to be able to retire. It looks like you're going to be able to accomplish the goals that you want to accomplish. However, that, you know, comes out, it's how you feel about the numbers. It's how you feel about the data. It's the emotional reaction you have to what you see on the page that will then inform your actual ability to make financial decisions. And so for me, um, creating my own firm, I needed to have that freedom and that ability to really work with clients on um, a much more, you know, one-on-one -on -one level and dive into the why for all of their, their desires and all of the things that they want to accomplish and experience and create and build. Why? Let's go underneath and find out the why, and then we can really flesh out the how um, when it comes to financial planning. And as I was doing that work, I also found that sometimes you don't get to know the how. Right. So that's the personal growth side coming out is that sometimes all you can control is, is you, what you are, what the inputs that you are willing to do in order to create what you want to create in this life and expansive CEO, this coaching side, um, where I focus a lot on human design and gene keys and money mindset and healing the inner child that is typically the one that's holding the reins until we understand and let, you know, let them know that things are okay, right? Our, our inner child will be um, the one holding us back a lot of times from really making new decisions with our finances because they are they are focused on what they experienced from age zero to seven with money, with safety, with security, within their family, within their whatever structure they grew up in, your inner child is hanging on to that. And so I really just found that we have to address all of it in order to really have true financial transformation. Um, yeah. So that's, that's where, that's where I, I step in with people is, is that it's, it's both. Thank you, Hannah, for sharing your story. There's so many different places we could go into with that, but where I'd like to go a little bit deeper is with the inner child. I think this is such a fascinating place to explore is really our relationship to money and the belief systems that were passed down to us and how that informs our feelings of safety, security, or how we see money or value money. And so I would love to hear more of your perspective or insight on this. And maybe you could even walk us through an example of someone's money story or perspective and, and their inner child's relationship to money. And what that really looks like to identify that and then also shift it so that you can create more success. Can you give us a, a tangible example of one of those stories? Yes. Um, I actually, I have some 
oh, such powerful examples um, of my own and and with clients. And um, so I I do a lot of work around what I call money stories. And so when we talk about money stories, what we are experiencing is, you know, something that we latched onto as a little, as a little child, usually, usually in that developmental stage of year zero to seven years old. Um, and sometimes we do kind of the next stage, seven to 14. It just kind of depends on the audience and, and how, how tender we want to go with it. Because when we do this inner child exploration, I actually call it a money story meditation experience. We do an inner child meditation that, um, you know, takes us down into um, a certain age. Sometimes it's 10, sometimes it's five. It just kind of, again, it depends on the situation. And, and then we ask, right? We, we, we look at, okay, what's the situation that you're in right now? What's around you? What do you hear? What do you see? Who's talking, right? What's the situation? And what do you know about money? Almost, almost as just open-ended as that. And then suddenly the stories will start to flood in. And so I did this experience at, um, in person at a, a conference with just a whole room full of business owners, uh, had no idea if they were going to go with me or think I was totally crazy. Um, and I went for it and it was beautiful. And mm-hmm. one of the one of the participants that got up and shared afterwards was saying that his, his story. So we went down to, I think we went down to 12 years old, 10 or 12. And the story that came up for him, the situation was soccer practice. He played soccer competitively with club teams, all of that, and was just always playing. And he had super old cleats. His family was middle class. They weren't um, they weren't struggling to make ends meet or anything like that, but he had cleats that literally were falling apart and with holes in them. And he really, really wanted the bright orange cleats that his friends had. He was like, oh man, they're so cool. I really want those. And when he asked for the cleats, his parents said, You can make do with what you have. They're not, they're not totally worn out yet. You can make do with what you have. Now, I want I always want to be super clear that this is not any sort of judgment about your caregivers mm-hmm. at the time. There's never any judgment. It's all about your experience, what you internalized from it, and not about, you know, any anything else around the situation. That could have been a completely reasonable financial response. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the cleats were like that he wanted were $120 and that just wasn't in the budget for that week. Right. We don't know, but it's not about that because it's about what you take in the story that you draw in can then attach itself in lots of other places. So he relayed that story. And then he said, I said, and how is that connecting back to something in your business that you're experiencing right now? And he said, it's everywhere. I am always looking at how I can make do with what I have. And that goes for hiring. Oh, we don't, do we really need that person yet? Uh, No, let's, let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. Do we really need, you know, this different technology yet? Let's wait, let's wait, let's wait. And again, there could be reason for that, right? That might be the wise choice, 
And then when we, but it's when we attach too much to the story and don't look at it, when you see the story for what it is, you can then lift up out of it and say, oh yeah, I actually do have the resources to hire. And I, that is the next step that I need in my business right now. Or I see how this, this piece is being the bottleneck, right? It's being the bottleneck to creating more income, creating more revenue, creating more wealth, whatever it is, we're looking for the bottleneck. And I'm hearing too, you're helping people pull themselves out of the story and the meaning that they're making around the situation so they can really look more objectively at what they actually truly desire. And it's sort of putting them more in the driver's seat versus the story being in the driver's seat so they can make more conscious decisions about what's actually going to be in highest service to their growth and and their business. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah, if we just allow the pattern to repeat, that's where you get stuck. Right. Mm-hmm. You're just repeating the old patterns. Um, I had another client who, you know, it was fascinating because the story came up around her fourth birthday. And she was, she was feeling again, not any judgment on any caregivers, sure. but her she was four. She was very little. Her family was not well off. They were they were struggling with money and she did not get any of the things that she wanted for her birthday. And her, I I think she said it was her grandparents said, you know, you need to just be grateful for what you did get. Mm -hmm. And from the perspective of a four-year-old, we don't understand, right? All the only thing we're getting from that, um, that we're internalizing is I, you know, I, I, that's not for me. You know, the big birthday party that I see on, you know, TV with Chuck E. Cheese and all the presents and all that, you know, like that's not for me. I need to be, you know, grateful for what I have and I don't have, I don't have anything that I want and I still have to be grateful for it. Mm. I see this. Oh, oh, go ahead. I wanted to hop in here just because I, I see this so often in especially so many women entrepreneurs that I meet or work with or in my community. And and I had this too. There's so many deeply ingrained patterns about not wanting more than you need. Be grateful for what you have. Like you just said, even if you don't have what you want. And it's interesting to me that so many of us have this guilt or resistance to feeling really good about prioritizing what we want and believing we can have what we want. And it's okay to have what we want. And I think at least for me so much, I can tie back to being told you don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. And again, not any judgment on caregivers. It makes sense. There's times, you know, when my daughter asks me if she can have chocolate cookie for breakfast and I catch myself, it'll pop out of my mouth. Like you don't need chocolate cookie for breakfast. Um, But the message we so often receive in that is don't want more than you need. Mm -hmm. And yet what we need is actually so subjective based on how we were raised. And and it's so relative to our family's income and, and the lifestyle we were taught is what we need. So I, I'd love to hear a little bit more about this from you, given your expertise and your experience. How do you, or or what does it look like to really shift that mentality that can so often fall into lack mentality or scarcity mentality, right? Is so attached to don't want more than you need, or it's 
not available to you to have what you want. What's your process for that? Of, you know, you guide people through these money stories and this woman you just gave the example of with her four-year-old birthday, how do you help her shift that and let go of believing it's okay to have what you want? Mm. That's, that's the whole, that's the whole work, right? Um, And the way that I frame it is awareness, acceptance, and action in those, in that order, exactly, that the awareness is seeing the money story Mm. and see, like really seeing it and having so much compassion for that little piece of you, right? Because it's not, there's nothing, no one else can fix it. No one else can fix it for you. Once you see it, you are the one, you are now the the reparent for yourself, for that four-year-old to then comfort, comfort that, you know, piece of you that was so sad. And so that's the acceptance part the acceptance of, I hear you and I see you. Right. And, and like this, this inner child work can be, um, it can be so tender and and maybe we can talk about this on another, another episode sometime, you know, that, that there are times and, and there, for some of us where there are parts of ourselves, part, you know, parts of our inner children that are so, uh, withdrawn so far away that they won't talk to you mm. and they won't come out. They, they don't feel safe yet. And so it's sometimes there's, there are multiple ex- explorations until you get to be able to talk to that inner child piece and, and to love on it and accept it. And if that's, you know, if that's experience you've had, that's okay. Because the more that you open up to and say, I am here to listen, that's that repeated attempt, right? That a repeated attempt at connection back to yourself is what allows your own inner child to, to feel safe, to be seen. And so with this particular client, it was, it was literally about, oh, I, I didn't realize, I didn't realize how much that had impacted, right? For her, like that just, it was such a, uh, it, it seems so small. If you just think about like, it was your fourth birthday. You can't just get over it. Like, Mm -hmm. no, cause you don't, you barely remembered that. Right. It doesn't come up until it's prescient in your world. And the thing that was so directly corresponding to this, she hadn't told me about it, but it all made sense when she did. She was actually planning her 40th birthday party. And like a few, it was a few months away and she really wanted to celebrate like everything her her life has just been blossoming in such a beautiful way and she really wanted to celebrate and that was the action the action was how can you celebrate yourself in a way that your four-year-old your inner four-year-old would be like this is what I wanted Mm. and give that to yourself for your 40th birthday and that was like she was like yes (laughs) that's the thing um yeah. And so the, the other aspects of that are, you know, the, the, 
the resistance, the resistance to planning, the resistance to spending the money, the resistance to um, allowing, right? Allowing herself to dream big in that aspect was, you know, kind of like, oh, I don't know if I should spend the money. I don't know if I should spend the money. But then on the, you know, like for me on the, that's again, a good full half of my brain is like, let's look at the data. Um, the money was fine. The money was there. There was no issue with, will I be able to afford this? Yes. The answer is yes. From a, are your bills paid? Are your savings done? Are, is there money coming in? Everything? Yes. And so that was not the roadblock. The roadblock was not, I don't have money for this. The roadblock was simply, do I, am I allowed to give myself what I really, truly want? So often I find that our blocks to experiencing more joy, fulfillment, presence, ecstasy, and abundance, we can tie back to not honoring our true desires. Right? Or there's some kind of fear or limiting belief that is keeping us from feeling like we can step into what we want. We can honor and prioritize what we want. And I do find, especially in the business world, we can often tie that back to fear around money, fear around spending the money, or we tell ourselves it's about fear with the money. And I just heard you say with this client in particular, it wasn't even an issue about do I have the money? That wasn't even a factor. But there might have been some fear around that because there was this resistance to giving yourself what you really want, right? Because the belief systems from your past. And so I would love to now go a little bit more into, into investing in your business. And I know you help people um, on the financial planning side with investing, right? For the future, long-term retirement. And then there's also this piece of what you spend in your business and putting investments into your business or into yourself. You know, you and I both are personally big believers in, in investing in yourself and your growth. We both have done so. Um, and my personal belief is that that has been absolutely game-changing and um, has completely transformed my business. And there's also times that I've made investments that didn't produce the return I thought they would, or times, you know, I've, I've done things that in hindsight, I thought, okay, well, really good lesson learned. Cause maybe I could have done this differently or, you know, evaluated this. So with your um, experience, I, I would love to hear your perspective on finding that balance between allowing yourself to take risks and invest in your business. And, and why is that important with also making sure that you feel safe financially and don't overshoot your nervous system, mm -hmm. you know, to the point where it's complete stress and, or where you're um, completely depleting your resources. How do you go about exploring that, that balance and, and um, feeling good about the investments you're making in your business? Yeah, that's such a good question. And in the, you know, in the space of, in being a business owner and being an entrepreneur, like you are in charge of your growth, right? It's not like working for a company where they pay for professional development and things like that, right? Like you don't got that. No one's writing a check for you. It's on you. It's on you to decide. And the people that do 
invest in themselves that do hire mentors that, you know, that's how we like get through our blind spots. Right. Even when I'm, you know, working with other people, I can, I can see, I can feel, I can hear their blind spots because, and that, that they can't see or hear or feel because they're literally their blind spots. I have the same thing. Right. So even, even though I can see other people's blind spots, like I need mentorship as well to help me work through my own. And when, when we're, when we're entrepreneurs, it's just, it's so important to build your own community or, you know, like choose your, your community of other people who are supportive, who can, you can bounce ideas off of who, um, yeah, will, will support you in so many different ways. And so for me, what I realized, so my, my very first investment, um, in business coaching was when I was launching X squared. So back in January of 2021, uh, that's not true. I had also, um, done some Darren Hardy courses. I did a Darren Hardy course, um, which was great. It was really good actually. Um, in the, the year or two before that, but I was working for a firm, right? So it was like, here are your education dollars, right? You mm-hmm. get to spend, you know, that kind of thing. So the first time I invested in myself outside of, you know, college and whatnot was in 2021. And it was in service to what I thought was like buying the answers. So like the, the coach that I worked with, she had built a law firm and was doing amazing. And then now she was, she's also a business coach. And like building a law firm is very similar to building a financial planning firm. This makes sense, right? She can help me not, you know, not make mistakes. My type A, (laughs) I don't want to make mistakes. I just want it to be perfect. I want to do it right the first time. Um, And immediately, almost immediately, the first, one of the first book recommendations that I got was I am the word a channel text by Paul Selig. And I was like, wait, what is this? <laughs> Cause it is, it is very, it's, it's, it's spiritual and beautiful and it has absolutely transformed my life. Mm. Really? You know, like that was, that was part of the catalyst um, of huge change for me. And, and we did business strategy right? It was the, it was the personal, it was the business, it was the, the inner child work. It was all of this, all of this put together, um, that I didn't even know I needed. And it was a huge financial stretch. It was huge for me mm-hmm. at that time. Um, there were months that I was like screaming into my pillows, literally like in my, like in between meetings, I would be like crying and getting it out my sis because i was afraid that i wasn't going to be able to make the next month's payment mm-hmm. for coaching and moving through that right that was that was the piece that i needed at the time like looking back i was i was moving through so much fear not moving in fear moving through it like healing through it moving through it being supported through it, but it was, it was hard. It was hard to go through. Um, and I grew so much and my business grew so much too. Like it, it was a huge, huge year. Um, I can't even, 
it's amazing to look back and know that I like replaced my salary in the very first year of my business. I doubled in the second year. Right. And, and it was just like, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. And it was, it was, it was just leading me into understanding how I need to make investments for myself. Um, and so now, you know, like, I feel like I have been very, what do I want to say? Um, not judicious. That's not the right word. Um, but very discerning, discerning. There we go. Thank you. Discerning about where I invest. Uh, and this has come from learning my human design as well. I feel like for the first year before I really knew my, my human design really well, um, Sometimes I, it, it was more like lower priced stuff or maybe, you know, mm, okay. So here's the range where I'm going to say like anything that was like 300 to $1,500, I would be like, oh yeah, that's, you know, whatever, just do that. Um, and I wasn't necessarily super discerning about that stuff. The bigger stuff, you know, we're talking $10,000, $12,000 for, you know, a couple of months or $5,000 a month plus, um, or more than that even, um, that's where, when I started to really learn how I make decisions and listening to my decision-making authority um, was key to where I could start to feel like, okay, is this right for me? Is this leading me into the next step into the business that I know, right? That I know is right for me. And does it feel like a yes? Does it feel like a yes from my gut? So for me, that's very, very important. Is it a yes from my gut? If it's a yes, then it's a yes. If it's a no, then it's a no. Mm -hmm. And if it's a money, if there's a money concern, if it's, this is a no, because right. That's where, that's where it's like the discernment part. If it's purely just, Oh, I'm afraid of making the investment. I really sit with that. And really, and, and like, is that true? Or is that fear? You know, because usually my gut response is correct if it's a yes or a no. Mm -hmm. And so if there's, if I'm feeling yes, but like then feeling scared of the money, that's where I'm like, okay, let's get into alignment here and discern why am I feeling yes? Why am I feeling drawn? And then what's the, you know, where, what's the story that's coming up around the fear around the money? Um, yeah, because it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you invest in spite of like, I'm just, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to bulldoze my nervous system and say yes, even if it's terrifying. But if you're getting that, like, I know, I know this is right for me. And I'm also scared. That's where like working through the fear really comes into play. Does that answer your question? I feel like. Yeah, oh, it, it does. Tangent. And I don't know what I'm really taking from it. And feeling alignment with what you're sharing is that it's not really about just looking only at this hard data of, oh, well, this is how much money I have coming in and this is my profit. And so this is what I have to invest here. Well, of course, you're mindful of that information to understand what it takes and what it impact it would have in the investing. What I'm really hearing you say is that what's in the driver's seat is your intuition, that trusting in your inner guidance what your highest self is calling you to do, that that's number one. And for you, that's the gut check, right? And the, do I feel like a yes in this in my gut? 
you and I have the same authority. So I relate to that. There's, there's that gut knowing. And for me, it's sort of being pulled towards something like when I'm being pulled in, when my gut is moving me towards it and it's a yes, then I know this is what my intuition, my highest self is guiding me towards. And I do think for many people and myself included, because I'm always growing and learning my intuition and how it operates. Um, but so often those fears and those money stories from our subconscious, our inner child can block the clarity. It's like our intuition knows what it wants, but then we have this fear or doubt pop up about why we can't have it. Whereas what you're talking about is really trusting in your intuition to guide you towards what you want and to trust it. And I think then it's also looking at the multiple levels of what I'm a yes for. So there's, am I a yes for this program is one thing, but if I'm only a, or this opportunity or whether it's investing in mentorship, mentorship or things to grow your business, like Facebook ads or team members or, you know, different operational costs, all of that, right. It's looking at, am I a yes for this? And if it's a, well, I'm only a yes. If I had the money, I'd be a yes to me, for me, that's a different. Yes. That's not a full gut intuition. Yes. If it's like, well, sure. If I had the money, I'd be a yes, because coming up with the money is part of it, that right. the money is absolutely tied to the opportunity. So for me, it's more, if I'm a yes for this, even if I don't see exactly where the money is right now to pay for it, if I'm a yes for it, a full yes, I feel this excitement inside that I will figure out the money to make it happen, that the money will appear, that I will get it, that it's here and available is different from Yes, if I had the money, and it's also different from, well, I'm a yes. I'm I'm really not feeling a full yes for the money, but I should do this because it's a good opportunity. If you're shooting on yourself, you're enforcing and you're not actually a yes. So I think it's knowing both sides of how your intuition speaks to you. Oh, yeah, that's such a good distinction too, because yeah, if it's if it's a, you know, I would be a yes if I had the money, that's people pleasing and you're not saying no. Yes. That's yep. really, that's really what's happening is that you just don't want to say no to the person across from you. Right. Right. Or FOMO. You don't yeah. want to miss out on the opportunity or you're worried you won't succeed if you don't do this. Right. Yeah. And that all of that is like you said, it's not, it's not a full bodied yes. Mm -hmm. And other, other people with different types of authority. So that's in human design, that would be your sacral authority. Um, splenic authority can be kind of similar too, in that it's like a, like a knowing, um, it's not quite as like strong necessarily as that sacral, like, uh-huh or uh-uh. Um, but then there are people who have emotional authority and that one takes, you got to go through the, is this right for me? What if this is great? What if it's bad? What if it's, but what if it's this? And you have to go through the ups and downs of that, what's called the emotional wave till you get back to neutral. And then in that that type of um, situation, it's all about honoring your process, mm -hmm. honoring the process. So if someone is, is um, say you're for anything, like you said, mentorship, hiring, investing in technology for your business, whatever. If you're in a sales call with someone for anything um, and someone is trying to say like, you have to decide now and you know that you cannot decide within a minute like that is not your decision-making process, then that's, you know, you might very likely be emotional authority. Mm. And then you do need to go through, you need to explore the ups and downs and you need to 
you know, that's on the sales side that, you know, I feel like there's, there's a lot of growth that needs to happen in sales just in general, where people, for people to understand that it's okay for people to have that type of a decision-making authority. Mm. Some people will be quick. They know if they're a yes, they know if they're a no. Some people need to have support exploring the up and down until they come to their, their, their own inner awareness. That's correct for them. Um, but either way, no matter what, it's going to feel more like you describe where it's like, I'm a yes, no matter what. And that's yeah. going to feel, that's going to, that's going to usually be your deciding factor, no matter what kind of authority you have. Mm. Yeah. It's really about understanding your process. Like you said, and, and your inner guidance, understanding your body, your mind, how you operate, how you work. And I'd love now, Hannah, you know, I'll, I'll make a little note here that we definitely need to have you back to talk about human design <laughs> and yes. all those things. Do There's it. so much good stuff there. Um, but as we're talking about this, in power of investing in yourself and and power of also investing in trusting yourself and your understanding yourself and connection to yourself and your highest self while also investing in our businesses and growth as a, as a business owner and and sales skills and all of the above i would love to share now with the community about this upcoming opportunity that you and i have put together because we both have had this deep resonance and feel so strongly about investing in yourself, in your business, and also in who you are mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in elevating your consciousness, right? And really connecting to your highest self. We both are very invested in that. And so I wanted to share with the community about this group that we've put together to really support other people in having a space where you are growing in business with people who get you and who see you and hear you while also growing in your consciousness and your spiritual evolution and, and in your personal growth, because the two are so closely connected. So I would love for you to share with everyone about this group and, and why you felt called to lock arms with me really for us to do this together. Oh, yes. And we are going to have a full another conver another full conversation um, about this as well. So um I am so excited to talk about this. So the Expansive Visionaries Collective is going to be such a special group. And I have been leading groups um, in different ways. And so have you in networking, you know, creating these networking groups um, and mastermind groups and, and different ways to help people connect with each other. I think both, we both share that gift of helping people really connect, helping people really feel seen and helping people learn how to really hold space and see others okay. as well. And for, you know, like, gosh, when we, when we started talking really, it was like just getting to know each other and getting to like, just, I don't know, just really blossoming in that, that personal friendship at first. And then we started talking about networking and connecting and the power of, um, you know, developing relationships and, and fostering relationships with other people. And we're like, we are really, really aligned on that, you know, just the way that we, um, that we teach and guide in, in that, in that space and the spaces that we create. And it was like, there's not much of a space 
where you can bring your full self and be the driven magnetic business owner that you are and be seen for the spiritual evolving consciousness being that you are as well. And, and where that's all, like we talk about all of it. Mm -hmm. And so that was the thing. It was like, there's a space missing. There's a space missing that, um, that I know that I, that I love, that you love, that people in our different communities, you know, are seeking and searching for. And it just felt so good. It was a, again, that full gut. Yes. Every time, you know, as, and for both of us, so we'll definitely talk more about human design because we are both manifesting generators. And mm -hmm. in that we are both typically very fast initiators. Something needs to happen. It feels like a yes, here we go. And so we actually, it feels like we took time, mm -hmm. more time than both of us are used to, I think <laughs> in like planning That's out true. and, and right. And like deciding to move forward because we are both very, very strong, um, very driven, very, uh, if I needs to get done, I'll do it. Right. We both carry a lot of those traits. And so this like coming together and like partnering feels very, very special. Oh, I feel the same way, Hannah. And I couldn't agree more that there's this real need to have a space for people who are driven who have big visions, who are heart-centered and want to make a big impact and want to play big and live life to the fullest, and who also are committed to their personal growth and their spiritual growth and, and really being aligned in who they are and aligned in their relationships and who want to experience joy and fulfillment professionally and personally and looking at how we integrate all of that. And I think that there's also a space to explore a networking and masterminding group that is really has this amazing opportunity to have peer-to-peer -peer feedback, support, seeing each other, giving advice, connecting each other, referring each other, actually doing business together while also growing and transforming. And that's what you and I talked about, the three key aspects of this group, masterminding, networking, and transformation. And people who are really committed to that and who are desiring a place where they can really invest themselves and invest their their time and their energy and contribute value that we can all be contributing value to each other and you know i love the quote rising tide lifts all ships where we can all lock arms and and all lift each other up and ride the wave together and then also be giving that kind of advice and support while having a space to be seen and known that judgment free space where you also get to to have fun and make memories with people who get you, mm -hmm. right? Because we, we are in a unique space. So for our listeners today, um, we'll go ahead and drop in the show notes, a link to the Expansive Visionaries Collective for anyone who felt any kind of excitement or interest in that. We're happy to share details with you, happy to have conversations with anyone who is interested in being part of a community like this. And who's also really committed to growing their business this year and wants to lock arms with other powerful business owners who are all committed to doing the same. So we would love to talk to you about it. Hannah, I know we have to let you go. Thank you so much for being here today. Again, I just, I enjoy our conversation so much. And I know I'm thinking we have five episodes we could do together in so many different <laughs> topics, but I really appreciate you being here to talk about our money mindsets today. And also please share with my audience where they can can learn more about you too. 
Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alex. And people can learn more about the different types of work I do um, on my X squared website, which is X, then the numeral two wealthplanning.com um, and then expansiveceo.com are my two main businesses. And I love to connect with people on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, you can find me at all of those um, different places. And then there's also the expansive CEO podcast, um, which I, I think is a, just a phenomenal, I just get to have the coolest conversations with people. Um, oh, absolutely. So, yeah. If you yeah. need another podcast besides igniting ecstasy in business, right? <laughs> oh, I highly recommend come it. Join yeah. us. <laughs> There's a reason I've wanted to come back to your podcast multiple times because it is, it's so good. I love listening to it. So yes, everyone check it out and uh, be on the lookout because I will also be on Hannah's podcast here again pretty soon. And we'll talk more about collaborations and money and investing in yourself and growing your business and all the good things. So thank you everybody for spending your time here with us today. Hannah, thank you again. And we will see you all for the next episode of Igniting Ecstasy in Business. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Igniting Ecstasy in Business. If you enjoy what you heard and you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. I love to hear your feedback, your insights, questions, or any desired topic requests. You can also reach me directly through the contact page at alexpurseglove.com. I so appreciate you spending your time here with me today. And until next time, I'm wishing you a beautiful day of focusing on what lights you up inside.